And with more on those market moves, I'm joined by Rob Tao from Sassfin Wealth. Rob, good afternoon. Happy Monday, I think. Um, thank you so much for being with us today. Rob, I don't think we have sound yet. I'm not sure. Thanks, thanks very uh, much. All right, yeah. there we are. Rob, let's talk about what's happening um, in terms of just, you know, the screens we've just taken a look at. Um, a sea of red coming out of Europe. The JSC not performing um, much stronger. What, um, what are markets contending with this afternoon? Well, I think that uh, the bank uh, going, getting liquidated in the States, SVB, has been a big story. And the Fed's had to step in and protect that bank. And I think that's... Uh, a bit of a wobble on on markets worldwide and banks worldwide as well so we see our banks today down quite considerably if i take a look uh, at the banking sector at the moment they're down 3.7 percent on our side and then on the other side at least for us on our gold miners we've seen quite a big movement there goldfields anglos uh, and harmony all up more than 10 percent at the moment so you've seen some money go back into gold and to precious metals so precious metals uh, really strong at the moment as everybody digests what's happening in the banking sector in the US. Now, Rob, of course, this, um, you know, this Silicon Valley bank situation really just made news and we're all trying to digest the facts and understand, um, you know, what really happened there and how could this be prevented in future. But is it widespread? Um, do we know at this point, you know, how much of the US banking sector could be affected similarly and what the effects of this specific bank, you know, um, going through this tide could be? Well, this particular bank, uh, you know, does a lot of venture capital funding. So a lot of the new tech startups uh, in the U.S. Uh, go to this bank for funding. So it is quite high risk funding. Um, you know, this type of risk funding also in an in a environment where all the tech shares sold off over the last year has put the, the, the bank under undue pressure compared to its uh, bigger rivals like a J.P. Morgan, uh, Bank of America, etc. So it's a different type of bank to, to your general bigger, larger depositor banks, and it does have more risk. Uh, I think with, from the U.S. side, they see it as an engine of growth for the U.S. You know, uh, coming out of Silicon Valley, new uh, new businesses, new technologies, and they don't want to lose that facility uh, where people can, you know, bring new ideas and borrow from the bank. So they're protecting that bank. They've come out and said that all depositors' funds are protected and they won't be using um, any taxpayers' money to protect it. So that's very positive. And I think you started to see the market calm down slightly. U.S. futures initially started quite firm today. And I think it won't flow over into the bigger banks in the U.S., but you still might see some uh, smaller banks in the U.S. come under pressure from, from, the, from this closure of uh, SVB. Nothing happening in the U.S. this week. Um, inflation, um, you know, Rob, this is also something that could be dampening market moves. Is this the case? Well, everybody's looking at inflation. It has been quite sticky. We've had different type of numbers over the last month uh, where you see inflation coming down, but not quite as quickly as some people thought. In some sectors of the market, the inflation is still quite sticky. And, uh, you know, so we want to see that to start coming down to to allow the Fed to stop increasing interest rates. From this issue with the SVB, you're starting to see cracks in the system with such quick increases in the interest rates. So it'll be interesting to see what type of interest rate increase we get in March from the Fed, because you're starting to see some cracks also on the property side in the U.S., we saw Brookfield Asset Management, uh, property management, default in one very big property in, in LA as well. So you're starting to see the property side also start to have some strain. So it'll be very interesting to take note to see whether the Fed is going to slow down on its interest rate cycle and inflation is going to be a key for that. 
So, I mean, the interest rate picture continues to benefit some. Rob, APSA being one of them now, they've released a set of numbers. Talk us through what you found here. I flagged that they said their impairments were up 61%. I don't know if this is something, you know, that, uh, you know, shows that there is that indeed that infl inflection point um, that we're seeing with interest rates. So I think for APSA, they had a big exposure to Ghana and Ghana's uh, bonds in particular. And Ghana's bonds, um, you know, took a huge haircut. Um, they had to be bailed out uh, as a country and therefore their bonds uh, collapsed in, in price. And that's where you've seen a big credit impairment come and move up in APSA. Although in their normal book, if you strip out Ghana, you also saw an increase in impairments. APSA were a little bit more aggressive in the start of the cycle to restart lending after COVID. Uh, so their book was a bit more aggressive. You're starting to see that in their local numbers. And I think that the market is taken aback slightly by uh, the impairment uh, in, the, in the local side of, of, of their numbers. And you're starting to see that uh, bank come down in value quite a bit. I think today, if I take a look at the moment, it's down 6.5%. So it is the worst of the banks at the moment. So uh, operationally really good. Um, you know, all of their metrics are still quite solid, but that impairment increase in their payments is a slight worry and is it a once-off in Ghana or will it continue increasing and then also in South Africa how aggressively have they lent have they lent and will that uh, impairments continue to get worse over the next six months definitely be watching how that one plays out Rob let's talk now um, Sun International they seem to be uh, you know recovering from all the pains of COVID-19 a company like this was so terribly exposed to that pandemic Yes, obviously, for the first time, they had uh, virtually no COVID closures on the hotel side. So you saw a big recovery from the hotel division. But really interesting to see is how much gaming now makes up of, uh, of Sun International. Uh, you know, more than 50% is now coming from gaming compared to just the hotel side. And that grew exponentially during, during COVID. So while the hotel group uh, was under pressure, you saw a lot of people moving online and online betting and sports betting. So that book has grown substantially. A uh, very good set of numbers. They've increased their dividend 100%, earnings up more than 100%. The only thing I'll say is that the share price has recovered a lot and they still have a lot of debt. They've brought the debt down from about $7.1 to $6.6 but still quite a, a chunky amount of debt in an increase in interest rate environments. So they'll need this continued growth from the gaming side and the reopening of hotels to continue to continue to bring that debt down. So a very good set of numbers. I think definitely over the worst, but you'd want them to keep bringing that debt number down. I'll be very honest with you, Rob. I'm always surprised at just how much gaming is, um, you know, taking place in the South African market, especially. Let's talk about MTN very briefly. We don't have much time left. Um, they've released a decent set of numbers, but really citing load shedding as a huge problem for the company. Yes, yeah, so I think that their load shedding is in the hundreds of millions will be uh, over the year. Uh, Fashini also came out and said that they're spending a, a large amount on load shedding and that it's impacting how people are shopping. And I think this would be the same for MTN is how people are interacting with businesses because of load shedding. Mm -hmm. You know, if uh, the tower is going down because there's not enough uh, diesel at that tower, they stop maybe using a, a facility that they would use for data and they don't go back to that function or that app again. They type of lose interest in it. So they can change people's spending in total. So besides the initial cost, People's spending changes over time if it's continued. So load shedding really is starting to impact now. And you've seen in South African numbers that the numbers have been relatively good with margin uh, compression due to load shedding, but no one's seen yet long-term uh, load shedding impacting how the, the shoppers and consumers are going to change their spending. So a uh, good set of numbers from MTN. Also seeing growth in the data side, 
uh, still ex- extending quite substantially. Uh-huh. That's a very good number for MTN. If they can get their costs under control, uh, you know, they, they're not heavily uh, overpriced and probably still one of the cheaper uh, telco companies that you can buy. Well, Rob, always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you so much for your insights today. That was Sassfin Wild to Rob Town.